the earth. Sorry? Weepy. Why? It's so lovely. Yeah, yeah. What other feelings do you have after watching that video? You want to drive one? I knew someone at the bar that had to be. Sorry? What else? Warm and fuzzy. Yeah. What else do you feel? Come on, give me some more feelings. Feelings. Come on. Feelings. Give me some feelings. Blessed? Yeah. Yeah. Dave, welcome home. Ridden all the way from Albany to, uh, for the sake of raising finances for children, for compassion. Bless you, man. That's really cool. What does that video tell you, though? What do you watch from that video? Come and tell me what, you, what, you, what that video tells you. Little story. We can all give in different ways, yeah. Yep, we can give in different ways. Does it matter who you are or what you've got? You can give in different ways. What else does it tell you? Sorry, things are best shared. Yeah, they're not, they're not there to just keep for yourself. I had someone over here. Small things matter. I reckon they were pretty big, actually, those red cars. But still, yeah, small things matter, yeah. What else? I'd like to go with one of those cars. Um, what else? It doesn't matter what you have, but you can still give. Anything else? Yeah, people are more important than belongings. You see, I want to suggest this, that watching that video, and I love the face, that little kid's face, it just stays in my head. But not because it's funny necessarily, it's so cute, but it says everything. It tells me everything. And this guy who, who has all this wealth and all these cars says, what can I, what can I, what's the use of just having them wrapped up in, a, in some material to keep the dust off them? Maybe I could do something with that. And most people who watch that will have some sort of feeling within them, a sense of, of joy, a sense of just that sense of love, that grace, that weeping. It's good to see you, Brian, and Grace, bless you guys. How's your leg doing and foot? Going good, excellent. Because, because I want to suggest this to you. And you're going to have to forgive me today because my notes are everywhere. I've had an IT crash today. And so someone gave me a card yesterday that said, when you get to the certain age that I am, you get confused. And the card was opening up upside down. Now I've got papers that go upside down and all over the place. So let's see how we go. I must be getting old. Okay. Let me suggest to you that... that Whoa, here it goes. That you and I are alive because someone gave. You are breathing because somebody gave. Mum and dad gave themselves to each other or wherever it happened. But I want to suggest that go right back to the book of Genesis. You are here, you have life, you have flesh, you are who you are because someone gave. See, God made man, and he looked at man, and he said, it's not good that you would be alone, and he gave him a partner that they might multiply. You are here because someone gave. You are here because you believe in Jesus. Many of you, if you don't, I encourage you to, but in there, there's a story of a God who said, I love you so much, and I love you so much that you wouldn't be alone from me that I gave my only son, that whoever believes in me, he's a God that loves to give. Do you know the concept of love? 
If you look at love, love is not you have something and I want it. I need to be loved. That's not love. That's lust. Love is what can I give to somebody else? You see, giving is love and God is love. I also want to suggest to you that right back in that garden was the first mission trip. It was the first, first, very first short-term mission because God came down and he brought man to himself. The first mission trip that ever happened happened there because it was an act of giving. But not only that, I want to suggest that you are at your best when you give of yourself to others. That's where you find your true worth. That's where we find who we really are. That's where we discover our true DNA is when we give. And there's something about giving that brings fresh life. It takes away anxiety. It impacts us. I I would even suggest that when we learn to really be generous, we discover that even our DNA starts to change, that who we are starts to change, that health starts to change. Why? Because you and I were made to give. We weren't made to receive. We were made to give, to give of ourselves. And yet the enemy knows that. And so what does he do? The enemy wants to take that away from us. The enemy wants us to be very conscious about who we are, what we have. It's my rights. It's about me. It's about having the right to do this. And we get to this society that's constantly attacking the very person that you and I and every man made, every mankind, all mankind, has been made to be. We were made to be givers. We weren't made to be on this world by ourselves. We were made to be here for other people. So I want to suggest to you today, as we look very quickly at the concept of, of giving into God's economy, I want to introduce you to a story today. And I've called it Linda's Lessons, because I learned a lesson about Linda that's changed my life. And it's all about giving. See, the, the Bible is full of stories about giving. Do you know, if you were to look through Scripture, the word that's used the most? In fact, I want to suggest to you that an important word is believe. And believe, that's pretty important, I would imagine, for the Bible. Would you not agree? and yet it's mentioned 272 times. Now, prayer's pretty important. Do you know how many times prayer is mentioned in the Bible? That's pretty up there. It's quite high, 371 times. What about love? Love's really, really important, right? Love's 714 times. But what about give? The word give is mentioned, is written 2,154 times. I think it's important to God. I think the concept is important to God and we're afraid of it because we think it's all about people trying to make themselves rich out of the church. Or we think it's all about, it's about um, prosperity. It's not. It's the heart of God learning to give of who I am. It might be cars that you give away. It might be your time you give away. It might be your heart that you give away. It might be your finances, your possessions. God's desire is for us to learn to give. Because when we learn to give, we discover something. There's 7,000 promises in the Bible. And the majority of those promises are related to giving. Not so that you'd be blessed. But it's because when we give, we discover the very person and heart of God. We step into his realm. 
Let's have a look at Scripture. Let me pray because I'm going to go all over the place and I want to be very conscious of time today. So I want to just get you to open up the Scripture today. Father, as we open up this Scripture, as we read this, Holy Spirit, would you take these words, would we discover new things about you, would you take it to our heart, would you bring life to it, in the powerful name of Jesus, amen. 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1, it says, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. I want you to hang in there for a little while. Here's the church in Macedonia that is actually struggling and gone through lots of struggles. They're also struggling financially. They're going through a place of being very poor. They were a poor community. Who's he writing to? He's writing to the church at Corinth, which actually had plenty of wealth and was growing rapidly. And yet he says, I want to tell, give you an example of this church down there in Macedonia. And he says, for I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. They didn't just give out of their abundance. They didn't just check out, well, let's give what's left over. They gave out of what they didn't have. They gave out of their need. And they did it all for their own, from their own free will. They weren't talked into it. They, they weren't preached at. They weren't felt guilty. They did it out of a free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They, they didn't just say, they asked, well, can, can we give? They didn't wait for someone at the front to do an offering speech and get everyone to take the bucket around. They said, forget about the preacher, we just want to give. Just give us the bucket now. There's not too many hands going up. But these guys were keen to want to give. So I think I can learn something from that. They even did more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. See, their first giving was not the back pocket. The first giving was not their possessions. Their first giving was themselves. They gave of themselves. They gave of their heart. They gave of their emotion. They gave. They put themselves in the offering bucket. That could be interesting here. It's a small offering bucket. No wonder we've got holes in it. So we have urged... So they, did more, they even did more than we had hoped for. For their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. So we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish the ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, in your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, your love for us, I want you to excel also in the gracious act of giving. Let me take you to a driveway. It's a driveway in Kelmscott. 
is a driveway that hasn't seen a lot of cars go up and down it or parked in it. And in that driveway, I'm parked there sitting in my car probably for about 10 minutes, challenged, overwhelmed, struggling, but a little bit teary. It was a driveway of a lady called, and I'm going to call her Linda. And Linda had an interesting story. You see, Linda was a lady who'd had two children. They're now grown up. One of those children is being lost in the terrible um, events of drugs and alcohol. And if anyone's had children that have, or know people who've had children who have gone through that terrible situation, it impacts the family. Things get taken. Bank accounts start getting empty. Um, terrible things go on and it breaks your heart because the very person that you love and you want to help is the very person that ends up sometimes taking what's precious to you. And some of you have experienced that. She went through that heartache of this young man who now is separated from her as a family. She also has a daughter. The daughter, unfortunately, also got mixed up with um, a gentleman who was quite abusive and ended up, she got pregnant to this man and he's left the scene and his daughter is also away from her and she hardly sees her. This lady, Linda, also went through a terrible divorce as well where she too was badly abused and uh, had a tough life. Her husband who left her, left her with nothing and there she is in this house in Kelmscott with not much. Let me go back a little bit further to why I was sitting in the driveway. You see, I was working at Youth for Christ at the time, and at Youth for Christ we were um, these great spiritual people that lived on faith. Okay, we, we would only live on whatever God would provide for us and we learned to live that whatever came in to the bank account was what God wanted us to live on. And so we lived in this, what we would call a faith-giving place where people would give generously to our ministry, which was working with young people all over WA. I had the privilege at that time to be uh, running the high school seminars and so I was speaking to lots of kids and seeing lots of kids who were broken and hurt come to faith but not only come to faith but embrace a church or a community of faith and grow. And so I was in this privileged position and yet I required the generosity of others to actually make it possible for us to do that. Linda, who also struggled with uh, social um, interaction, would say to me at church on a Sunday, Steve, would you come and visit me? I need you to come and visit me. Unfortunately, I wasn't very gracious and felt, why would I go and visit Linda? And I put it off. And I put it off because I was too busy to visit Linda. But I eventually went over and visited her. I went in the house and the house was tidy. She'd done her best with the little that she had. 
And she offered me a cup of tea, so I graciously took it. It wasn't coffee. And, uh, and I sat there and had this conversation with Linda, who had the right to tell me how bad life was, who had the right to be the victim. She had the right to grumble. And yet, in our conversation, she didn't. She wanted to ask me all about the young people who are hurting. She wanted to ask me about what was happening in the schools. You see, I sat there opposite Linda and I felt very small. You know, we can learn our greatest lessons from those in the greatest need. We can learn our greatest lessons from sitting with those in the greatest poverty. We sometimes can learn our greatest lessons with those who might to the rest of the world seem insignificant because God is using those. It's interesting. You might discover more of God in those places than you do elsewhere. Why is that? Who was Jesus used to hang around with? The broken, the hurting, the people with leprosy, the tax collectors, the outcasts. He hung around them. So maybe if we hung around them, we might actually discover more of Jesus because I think that's where he wants to hang around. And I'm sitting there with this lady, and I learned three important lessons that day. And I want to share those lessons with you because they impacted me, um, who was probably seen as the one that was the godly one, but I think she was actually far more godly than I would ever be. The first thing that Linda showed me was that she understood what it meant to have a kingdom vision. She helped me understand what it meant to have a kingdom vision. You see, in this scripture, when we read it, right at the top, it says, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the church. What God in his kindness has done. It wasn't the church, it was God, his kingdom, has done in this church at Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles. And Linda had been tested by many troubles. And they are very poor. She was very poor. But they also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. I sat there opposite Linda, and she handed me a $20 note. And I said, Linda, I cannot take that off you. She said, Steve... This is my promise to you, and I will give you $20 a month for the rest, for the whole year. And I'm sitting there on this chair thinking, you need this more than I do. You take this. Other people are going to give to me. Please, Linda, take it back. But you see, Linda had a better picture of the kingdom of God than I had. You see, we sometimes have the picture of this kingdom of God. That, and as I said, there are many, many, many promises in the Scripture. Let me read one from, from Psalms, Psalm 41, out of the Passion. And I'll read it to you. It goes, if I can find it. Sorry, I haven't got... Here we go. God always blesses those who are kind to the poor and helpless. They're the first one God helps when they find themselves in any trouble. The Lord will preserve and protect them. 
they will be honoured and esteemed while the enemies are defeated. And I go, wow, that's awesome, God. I'm going to give to the poor because then you're going to bless me. Give and it will be given back to you, we're told. We're told that what you sow is what you reap, so give lots so you get back. Let me tell you, that's the wrong picture of the kingdom. That's the wrong picture of the kingdom. See, that's, that's not the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom of me. I want God to add to the kingdom of me. And yet the kingdom of God is different. See, the kingdom of God, I find it in Matthew 6, which is, again was my verse that this lady helped me understand a lot more than I did before. You see, in the Matthew 6, it says, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about that. But in 6.33, it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. You see, Linda didn't go to God to build up her bank account. She went to God and trusted him in his kingdom. She moved from the kingdom of self into the kingdom of God. Because you see, in the kingdom of God, he says, you just focus on me. You just, you let me be king of your life and I'll sort everything out for you. That's the promise of the kingdom of God. He's not saying, come into the kingdom and I'm going to make you healthy, wealthy and wise. He's saying, come over to my kingdom and don't worry about that stuff. I'll sort that out. Seek me. Seek my kingdom. Seek my heart. Seek Come and work in the places I'm working and I'll sort it all out for you. It's not about me being, being blessed. It's about me stepping into what he's blessing. And Linda taught me that lesson. Linda taught me another lesson. She had a vision of people needing Jesus. Now, I was an evangelist. I should have seen that, Right? But there was something about Linda that she saw people in need so much that she would give her last $20 to a funny-looking bloke, and I was funnier-looking then, to go and talk to a bunch of kids. She wasn't giving it to me. She was giving it to all those kids. She wanted so much to hear about what God was doing in healing them and giving them life. And given them love. You see, it says in 2 Corinthians 10 15, nor do we boast and claim credit for the work someone else has done. Instead, we hope that your faith will grow so that the boundaries of our work among you will be extended. The idea of, of what was happening at Macedonia is that they were excited. They gave before, before they were even asked because they saw the needs in Jerusalem and it moved them. A few couple of weeks ago, I was really moved. I was moved by conversations I had at a wedding I did. And, and at that wedding, I had five people in about 35, maybe 40 minutes separately start a conversation with me and many of them said you know what Steve I love what you said at the wedding it was a it was a uh, well it was a Christian wedding but there wasn't many Christians there love what you said Steve it was really good it was great I believe in God I just don't want to go to church 
And we've got a whole world of people who are hurting and broken over experiences, whether it be in the church or the sports club or whatever. And God's saying, they're the ones I want to love. They're the ones who are broken. And I broke my heart that day and I've said to Maggie, how do we reach those that will never step inside a church? Because they're the ones that Jesus came for and he loves. What would I give up so that I could do that? What would I give up? I saw a girl the other day. I was sharing with her. And, uh, man, it was awesome. We were having this chat, and we were talking about the Holy Spirit, which you do, right? And we are having this conversation about the Holy Spirit. And I was talking about how the Holy Spirit wants relationship, and the Holy Spirit is is a gift of love. And the Holy Spirit is one that, and as I'm talking to her, she looked at me and she said, I've never heard that before. I said, what do you mean, never heard that before? She said, I've never heard that Christianity was all about relationship. It was all about a relationship with a God that loves me. You see, there's a broken, hurting world that needs to hear the gospel, who needs to hear about Jesus. And we need to have a vision of the hurt and the brokenness, so much so that like Linda, I might trust in God's provision, and get onto what Jeff said last week, making God famous by giving to what we can. You see, it's one thing to give out of my abundance. Wow. It's another thing when we give of a heart that's sold out, that will trust God. The other thing that Linda taught me that day, my lessons of Linda, was that she excelled in her giving. She excelled in life. Everybody wants to be better. Everyone wants to be better. You want to look better. I know Nick wants to get bigger muscles. He wants to get better. Um, I've given up. Um, so there's others that want to get better or whatever. These kids want to get better at education. You want, to, you want to excel. But what about if you got better at giving? Because when you get better at giving, you excel. This lady was far better giver than I'll ever be. She excelled because she understood the kingdom. She had a heart for a broken world, and she excelled in her giving. It says in that scripture I read, it says, Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, in your gifted speakers, in your knowledge, in your worship, in the way that you run church, in your enthusiasm, you excel in all those things. And your, even your love for us. But he says, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. As we come to this time where we're looking at a world around us, would we excel in our giving? Would we excel in those things? God says, come and join me in my kingdom work. Because I'm doing a great thing in this world. Calamunda Church of Christ, we were supposed to have flies for you today, and I'm sorry they didn't actually turn up, but we wanted to tell you a little bit of what's been happening. But you see, Calamunda Church of Christ, let's continue to excel in that kingdom giving that's not about, about giving out of my abundance. It's about giving from a heart that's sold out to Jesus, that sees a world that's hurting and wants to excel. 
You see, last year you gave finances to a children's home in Uganda and a school. You supported, I think it was, 10 children to go to school over there. Last year you, you planted through Stephen lots of churches through the community, one particular one that you as a church helped fund. You, you helped a, a, a guy who's, who's given his life and, and tr- literally given his life last year, you gave finances for his hospital bills. Last year, you gave finances for a school happening in the middle of India, um, a, a vocational school for children. You actually gave finances through here for that. Last year, you, you gave finances for some goats, or this year, and I was going to show you the video of some goats that you have actually purchased from this church here through your faith promise giving. That's actually going to, to help fund, as they grow them and sell them, they're going to fund um, a leprosy mission because there's people hurting. That's the kingdom of God. That's the generous giving. You gave money to children abandoned in, in China who just need to be loved. Kids who are suffering from abandonment because of their disability and yet here not only did you support two significant members of staff but you also raised fourteen thousand dollars and walked the wall to go to abandoned children last year you you gave to three chaplains in this community who are every day who are sharing and and loving on kids in our schools that need to know jesus This year you gave money to YFC, who we met with the other day, who've got a vision. They've got a vision to see an evangelist in every postcode in Australia. But not any old advantage like me. They're talking about young people, evangelists, who are going to make a difference. You gave last year. You gave to our local community and you've given beyond. Excel in your giving. Last year, we promised $67,000 towards Faith Promise. So far, I think we've got 62 in. On top of that, it's been $21,000 has gone through on top of that. And plus another 14 that was raised through Walk the Wall. And there's other gifts as well. And Jesus says, keep excelling in your giving. We have a vision and a heart here at Kalamunda Church to be a church that sees lives transformed and communities transformed. That's our heart. That's what we want to do. And we're only going to do it when we step into God's kingdom. It's not about us becoming famous. It's not about us becoming the biggest church. It's not us about being a better church. It's us actually stepping into God's kingdom and saying, I want to be part of seeing lives transformed because I know it's the heart of God and I know it's the heart of the Father to bring transformation to a community. And we want to see next year more things happening in our local community. We want to be a church that's actually going to be a church like Linda that isn't going to look at what I haven't got, but it's going to step into a vision of the kingdom that says, I will supply everything you need, everything you need for those who are hurting and those who are broken and those who are desolate and those who are abandoned and excel in your giving. I want to finish off with a story, my favourite story that we've got a video of, but I should have shown the video, but it would have taken too long. But it was a story in, uh, in Uganda where their community, it was an a Anglican priest, went 
all the way to Kampala, walked four days to go to a conference which was all about being good stewards. And as he went to this conference, they taught them there that, that God has given you everything you need. He has given you everything you need. You're just going to be good stewards with that which God has given you. He thought that was a good lesson and he walks back to his village only to find that when he gets close to his village, the militia have gone through and killed lots of men, lots of children, wiped out the schools, wiped out the infrastructure. And everybody's there worried and what do we do? And this little priest decided to go up and pray in a mud hut. And whilst he was praying, he was reminded again, God has given you everything you need. He went down to the, the community and he said to everybody, God has given us everything we need. We don't have to look to the West. We don't have to look to anybody else. We just got to look to God and He will give us everything we need. The community started to believe Him and all of a sudden people started to, to grow little, little plants, extra plant of tomatoes and sell them. And they, they started to work together. But it was one lady. She was known... She was a lady that came. No, I was thinking of the chicken lady. She was one thing, but there was another lady. And she came to that uh, church and she got angry with the priest. And she said, it's not fair. God does not trust me. And he said, what do you mean God doesn't trust you? He has given me nothing. He's taken my husband. He's taken my children. And because of that, I have nothing. I don't have anywhere to live. I have no money. I have nothing to give. And she stormed out of the church. About two or three weeks later, she came back and the priest was starting to get, or the vicar was starting to get ready to give his message. And as he did, this lady jumped up and she said, Vicar, I found out what God's given me. And he said, what has God given you? He said, I can be a mother. You see, there are heaps of children who have lost their parents and their orphans. I could take one. And I could be a mother to one. Others in the church heard about that. Before they knew it, every child that was orphaned in that village found a family. Because someone said, I have got something to give. Would I encourage you as we consider our faith promise? What is it that God would have you give? What is it? Not giving me. You're not, you're not making our numbers look good. I want to ask you the question today. What does God want to give through you to actually make a difference in a world that he desperately loves so much that he sent his son? We're going to give you on the, on the oh, slides there, we've got our faith promise cards. And uh, if I can grab a couple of our young helpers to grab these cards and just hand out to everybody. Anyone? Oh, good on you, James. Excellent. Just get those around. These are our faith promise cards. And we only use these to help you. And they'll be collected next week, but I just want you to have a look at them. Take them home and pray over them. And the faith promise is really saying, God, first of all, I want to step into your kingdom. I'm not, I want to step out of my bank account and out of my needs and out of my time and all that stuff. I want to step into relationship with you. This starts with relationship with Jesus and nothing else. It's about being, being close to him. It's about being, being in that quiet place and say, God, I give you my life. I give you all that I am for the sake of your kingdom. And in that, I'm going to ask you to pray and ask him, God, what would you have me? What is it that you've put on my heart? Maybe I've got to take kids for drives in my cars or the pastor of the church in your fancy car. Um, 
or maybe it's time, or maybe it's about going, or maybe it's about praying, or maybe it's about committing to somebody. But consider it. And as you do, if God puts on your heart, read this little form here, some finances that He wants you in faith. This isn't, this is in faith. That I would believe that God would give to me to give through me for the sake of His kingdom. God, what would you give through me this year towards the work of your ministry, both in our community, in our country, and in our world? And as you consider that, talk it over with your wife if you're married or your husband. Um, share it. Say, what is it we would give this year? And next week at the service, we'll be doing this. We'll be asking you to hand those in. But I wanted to give them to you now to, for you to consider before we come to next week. As you think about Linda's story, do you get a vision of the kingdom? Do you get a vision of people hurting? Would you excel in your ability to give to this world? Let's pray. Let's stand with me. Father God, we stand before you now. And we thank you for the baptisms. God, I'm praying for more baptisms. I want to pray, Lord, and prophesy over this place that we would see more people coming to know you, more people standing out strong and saying, I'm going to follow Jesus. Father, we want to speak out over our community and say we want to see more people healed by your touch because we believe, Lord God, that you are the one that heals, that you are the one that touches, that you are the one that brings life. And God, we want to be part of seeing lives transformed communities transformed and Jesus being glorified and we give ourselves to you and this week Lord God would you take us to that quiet place to be still to listen to your voice but be bold to step out in faith in those things that you would call us to do to see your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven Father we join in one last song